I've been having a lot of conversations lately with folks who, for lack of a better term, just feel like deeply unsettled by the goings on in the world around them. And I think one of the things that is quite overwhelming at this point in the human experience is the access to see, to feel, to have these sometimes quite intimate visual images of our fellow humans suffering significantly, but not feeling like we have much that we can do to make a meaningful difference in these bigger stories. I've been thinking a lot lately about this idea that the personal is political, that the political is personal. Basically, this interplay between an individual human experience and the larger collective experience. So that's what I talk about in the podcast today is reflecting on how we go back and forth between the specific and the collective, the specific and the general, and how we can use our understanding of that interplay to perhaps bring more mental health and flourishing to the world around us. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I'm always happy to hear your questions, comments, feedback, things that you want to hear more about or less about. So, you know, I'm pretty easy to find on the internet. <laughs> Feel free to send me a message and I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. I don't know how it feels where you are, but where I am, I have a, a significant sense of the depth of the heaviness that is all around me, not just in my life, but in the lives of the many people that I interact with in my community, and even larger than the people that I live around, you know, the, the people of the internet. There seems to be a bit of collective heaviness, collective fear, collective weight that is circulating the globe right now. And I, I get curious about what that means for mental health. I mean, I think we think about mental health as like one unit, one mentality, one person and their level of depression or distress or their level of conflict maybe in their relationships. But mental health is really seen as an individual indicator, one individual life. And I... Uh, I don't think that's the most helpful way to think about it. I remember being in college and learning about feminism really for the first time. I didn't grow up in a context where there was much conversation about feminism. So I was in college and I had a couple of roommates my sophomore year that were women's studies majors. There was lots of discussion about waves of feminism, feminist principles, womanism, just the sort of conversation that many young college students have when they're exposed to new ideas for the first time. And one of the ideas that was really interesting to me from the feminist movement was the idea that the personal is political. And this feminist mantra that says, what happens to you in one individual life 
has implications for the larger society. And it works in vice versa. What happens in the larger society has significant implications for one individual life. It was this nod to the fact that no individual entity is an island or can exist in isolation from the social context in which it is coming up or the web of relationships or even the policies that are made on a governmental level that have significant implications for how money happens or healthcare happens, what freedoms are afforded to one specific person. The way that we hold ourselves, the way that we conduct ourselves as one specific individual unit, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we care for ourselves, care for our bodies, care for our minds and souls, the way we permit other people to talk to us, the amount of dignity with which we carry ourselves and then require the society around us to treat us that way. They're like these micro movements. Maybe they only really affect your life as far as you're aware of. But they have, I think, significant ripple effects over time. And if we want to create a society that is free of the level of mental health crisis which we now find ourselves in, there's no way to go about doing that than by starting with the individual units. One of the greatest mental health lies that we can fall subject to is that our lives don't matter to other people or that our lives don't matter in general. That our pain, that our triumph exists only sort of for the audience of one, of us, and maybe the few people who are most directly around our lives. But I feel like that distortion is, of course, not good for us as individuals and our own mental well-being, but it has really significant implications for the collective because given the level of suffering that is currently in our world... My uh, mentor, Dan Engel, describes this as an all-hands-on-deck moment, a time when in order to sort of turn the tide of suffering, in order to restore a level of community and well-being to the whole world, to the collective human experience, we need each individual's efforts in that direction. And I think when we watch the news or see the overwhelm of the planet or experience even just peripherally the significant suffering of the world, it can feel so overwhelming to feel like anything that we can do makes any kind of dent in the hot mess of a society that we're in. But society is made up of individual units. And so if each individual unit acts in a certain way, if each individual unit is protective of their own dignity, their own well-being, their own joy, their own play, and all of those individual units begin to act together toward a level of well-being that's different than exists right now, then that does indeed have the power to change the world. It does indeed have the power to change the collective. Perhaps this sounds a little bit uh, philosophical and maybe not quite applicable to what's happening in your daily life. But the take-home point, I think, is to fight any urge to believe that what happens to you doesn't matter or to fight any urge to believe that your life is contained as a unit of one and doesn't have grand implications for the well-being of the world. If you want to leave the world a better place for your children or for the generations to come, 
then all of that starts with you. It starts with the way you care for yourself, the way you talk to yourself, the way you view yourself as an individual of value, the way you pursue your own well-being, the way you protect your play, the way you protect your work, the way you fight against things that discourage you or take your energy away from you. Everything that you do in the course of your own story of mental health is for you, but it is also for a much greater purpose. And so don't diminish it, not for a second. Don't think that there is value in you not mattering. Don't think that in the pushing aside of your own needs, of your own joy, that you're in some way, you know, serving others as some kind of martyr or something. That's just not how it works. The world needs you to be healthy and well and awake and alive and engaged in the kind of creative, joyful pursuits that you were meant for, the moments where you become most alive, where you feel most alive. That's what the world most needs of you, and that's the only thing that you have to do or the only thing you can do to contribute to the larger well-being of society is to be your most alive, engaged self. That is the way we raise the well-being of the whole collective. That is the way we turn the tide on the increasing rate of suicide. It is the way that we help our teens come back from despair is to show them aliveness. Not abstractly, not in a movie, not from a talking head on the internet, but in the details and the moments of your life. The personal is political. The specific is generalizable. The unit of one has immense implications for the collective. The world we create for ourselves in our own life is the world that we create. It's the world that we create for the whole world. So if this sounds all a little bit abstract and hard to grasp, a few tips for where to begin in taking better care of the mental health of the collective one is to really assess how you speak to yourself. How loud and clear is that critical voice inside of you? And does it need a little bit of tempering? Is there a way that you can treat yourself with more dignity in the way that you narrate your own life in your own head? Are you caring for yourself in the way that you would care for a precious child or a best friend? Are you paying attention to the details of what brings you joy and delight and looking for ways to amplify that? Are you taking your own needs for rest, for play, seriously? Do you understand that as some of the basic elements of the fabric of your own mental health? Not abstract, not extras, not bonus, but core to what it is for you to be your best self in your life. Third, are you pursuing your own aliveness? And when I think about aliveness, I think about aliveness as a bit of the opposite of numbing. I think there's a lot of numbing that we are invited to in our society. Numbing meaning not feeling, meaning not being a force of life in the moments of your life. So I think a lot of numbing happens with alcohol. A lot of numbing happens with hours and hours and hours in a row of watching television. A lot of numbing happens when we check out and just scroll mindlessly through social media. Anything that can be described as mindless is numb. 
anytime you're not present, you're not emotionally aware or cognitively awake, that's numbing and is not good for you and it is not good for society and there's way too much of it happening right now. So an invitation to be present, to be alive, to be maybe a little uncomfortable, but taking the risk and doing the work to stay as engaged and awake in the moments of your life as you possibly can. And then my fourth practical suggestion is to directly address this relationship between the personal and the political. And that is to see the politics, the power structures, the societal influences around you that are directly contributing to your own lack of well-being. To kind of listen into what hurts and what is troubling and to see where its origins might exist outside of you and the world around you. And then to do something about that to be more politically active, to be more engaged at the local or state or national level if you're based in the U.S., in the kinds of policies that you find really problematic. And understand that it's not abstract, that those policies that are made have direct impact on your life, on your children's lives, on the lives of those around you. And so to fight for what's important to you is a very worthy and important part of the energy that you have to put out in the world. To not let your own discontent or hurt or trouble or fear stop with you, but to use those emotions as a force for change, as a force to say, hey, this isn't okay with me. It's certainly not okay for other people. Maybe it just shouldn't be in the world at all. So bottom line, you matter. What's happening in your unit of one, your life, your world matters, not just to you, but to everyone, whether they know it specifically or not. And the world needs you. We need you to be the most alive, most awake, most engaged version of yourself. So come on, let's go. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.